Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Pest Control, an actual play podcast with Q Times. I'm your GM, Sam. I use he, him pronouns. And today we are continuing our season of Monster of the Week. Just a couple thank yous to get out of the way right at the top. I want to thank uh, Michael Sands and Evil Hat Productions for Monster of the Week, the game. If you don't have it, you should go pick it up. There is a link in the description for you to do just such a thing. If you're interested after listening to this game or while listening to this game or before listening to this game, maybe stop now and go buy it. There's also an expansion called the Tome of Mysteries, which we are pulling from for Kelly's Weird Move. Also for Rabbit's Weird Move. Oh yeah, and for Rabbit's Weird Move, you're totally right. This season is focused on the community of Norfolk, a town that is being eaten by the much larger city, which has hemmed it in with highways and rapid expansion. We have a couple of tenets that we are going to try to give a larger role this season. The first is show the community, show your connection to it, show where it comes together and show where it is fraying. And number two is show the world of the myriads, show how the world is different now in ways both complex and mundane. Hi, I'm William, they, them, and I'm playing Kelly Aberdeen, he, him, the crooked playbook. Hi, I'm Jonas, generally using they, them pronouns, and I am playing Rabbit Moon, generally using he, they pronouns, and he is also using the custom playbook, The Shape Changer. Hi, I'm Sam, she, they, and I'm playing Nami, uh, who uses the Divine Playbook and uses she, her pronouns. So today, we are picking up after the end of our first arc, which I am tentatively calling Gateway. I don't know if that is going to stick yet, but that that's my soft like claim that. for a name there. So we are picking up at the end of that, which means... We are going to do some XP things recommended by Monster of the Week itself. And we are also going to do some XP stuff related to the beliefs system that we are sort of hacking into the game. Why don't we start with the actual official official ways to get XP, the official channels here. So if you are playing Monster of the Week at home, this is found in the Keeper agenda, the bottom right-hand corner of the first page. This says end of session experience. Because of the nature of our game, we are going to be using it as end of arc experience. So the end of arc experience lists the following questions. Did they conclude the current mystery? Did they save someone from certain death or worse? Did we learn something new and important about the world? And did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? With one to two of those being yeses, uh, everyone marks one experience point. With three to four, everyone marks two. Let's go through these one at a time and I'm just gonna kind of let y'all answer here. Do you think that you concluded the current mystery? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The mystery of the bl- of the broken glass. Mm-hmm. The yeah, broken it was glass the demon. Creature. The the what 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 was it called? Uh, I have been calling it a gateway demon. Gateway demon. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. I I would agree with that. You found this thing and and killed it. Did they save someone from certain death or worse? Do each other count? I don't think so. Even a rabbit. I, yeah. No. I, I think that's what fair. What about Ace? You have not saved Ace. Ace, yeah, Ace is still, Ace has a lot of stuff still going on. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't anyone like alive in there that we rescued. There's, mm-hmm. I don't think we can argue that we saved Cold because she was going to be fine, I think, without yeah, us. Yeah. Also, also, I don't think we can argue that like 
inevitably defeating this creature would save people's lives. We did we didn't like <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we I think I don't that think we, we saved have, anybody. <laughs> I don't think we saved anybody's life unless except for Rabbit. Like that's that's the thing. He yeah. was gonna die for sure. But yeah. thank God for friendship. All right. <laughs> did we learn something new and important about the world? Yeah, I think so. What, what, what? Um, I mean, okay, may, maybe we sort of could have assumed this, but I think that there are demons. I don't know that we really, we knew monsters, but like there's like something about the introduction of gateway demon is like telling me as a like player and viewer that, okay, so there are things that are demons that come through into our world. That means it's like connected to wherever they come from. Maybe we don't know that much about it. So maybe you couldn't say that we've learned it, but we've at least like gotten a hint of something that felt like a revelation to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could go either way on this. I'll leave this yeah, to, to Sam and William. How, how do y'all feel about that? Do you feel like like you like that is something your characters did not know before? Um, given the nature of my guardian, uh, mm. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Sure. I, I also think given the fact that yeah. I am a divine. That you're literally being, an that, angel. <laughs> See, that, that wouldn't count. But I would say that learning that people were being targeted in the uh, group the, for monsters. I think that was something that we learned about the world. Hmm. Hmm. I. I don't know if that's something about yeah. the world. I okay. think that's just, I think that's something we learned as characters. I Not necessarily yeah. that is like world changing. The other, okay. the other yeah. thing we can say here, and, and maybe a way to, to dial this in a little bit more, given the sort of confined nature of our season, we can say, did we learn something new and important about Norfolk? Sure. Yeah, sure. So can can anyone, like, is there anything that y'all feel like you nope. learned specifically about Norfolk? We, like, our characters, because that, that was one thing I was kind of thinking, like, from an audience perspective earlier. Because mm -hmm. uh, also, I mean, Rabbit obviously knows that demons can come to this world. He knows that's, like, some aspect of him. But, like, are we talking character knowledge or, like, sh like story knowledge? Like, new I'm, things? I'm talking either or. Like, I think sure. if you as players learned something about the community that you didn't know already, or if... You, you feel like your characters discovered something that they would not have known. Either of those situations count. But it's, I'm seeing a lot of head shaking I don't think here. so. Yeah. 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 No, I feel like I everything so. everything that we interacted with were things that were like established as possibilities before we started playing. So in that case, did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Oh, um. um Nami has a fire sword. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yep. Nami's a fire sword and Rabbit has an abusive parental person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, who is also like out hunting monsters sometimes. Yeah. The cold thing was absolutely like some sort of a revelation for everyone except for Rabbit. So I think that yeah. that kind of counts. I would also say Rabbit's use of gravity magic inside of the gateway demons like gateway. <laughs> I mean, that certainly came as a shock to me. I feel like, and, and I think we even mentioned during that episode that Nami and Kelly had never seen anything like that before. I don't think yeah, Rabbit had ever new. done anything like that before. Yeah. yeah. So that, that feels new as well. All right. That's one to two of these things. So everyone can go ahead and mark one point of experience. Hey. I leveled up. Nice. Not me. Not me. Still, oh. still one away. This is the problem with having such good stats, William. 
Well, truly the problem is you didn't have me roll act under pressure enough. Mm, that's true. I, I'll Sam, need to make you should hold on, remember that. Yeah. yeah. Keep, keep yeah. that in mind. <laughs> now let's get into beliefs. The way I want to do this, I'm going to have, I'm going to go uh, one person at a time, one player at a time. Let's read your beliefs as they stood for this first arc. And then we can talk about whether you think they have changed for your character. So William, let's start with you. Yeah, so my Kelly's beliefs, just to reiterate them, and then we can go one by one. The belief for Nami is Nami seems sweet, but is too soft and naive to do what's necessary. The belief for Rabbit is Rabbit is almost definitely a demon, but seems completely unimportant. Norfolk, wow, wow. I think I think all all of mine are going to be changed. Norfolk, this town could never save itself, so I must. Okay, that that one's good. And the city, the city has a hunger that will not be satiated with just Norfolk. Going back to the Nami one. So Nami seems sweet, but is too soft and naive to do what's necessary. (laughs) She broke base out of prison. I think that's changed a little bit. I I think that I definitely have a new belief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for for Nami for sure. Uh, based on uh, not Nami is is so detached from this world that she cannot possibly operate within it. Whoa, whoa! All right, yeah. Nami would be heartbroken to hear that belief. <laughs> Huff is what I will say to that. Okay, what about your rabbit belief? So rabbit is almost definitely a demon, but seems completely unimportant. Uh, check to the first. No check to the second. That mm-hmm. the uh, rabbit is I probably think, a freaking demon. Yeah, it's rabbit is almost definitely a demon. That's like something that I is true. But then the but seems completely unimportant is just has flown out the window the moment that that Kelly saw the gravity magic within the gateway demons territory. But then also the stuff with cold and mm-hmm. seeing how powerful cold is mm-hmm. was like very also very like, whoa, like this person is either teaching or has some vested interest in rabbit. And this person is impossibly strong. And mm-hmm. that's interesting. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, uh, I think that's changed. I think that's like it feels like maybe it's something like rabbit has a powerful teacher i need to find one of my own or something like that like there's something about like oh wow it seems like rabbit is like more powerful than i knew kind of thing yeah it's it's partly that but also partly like um in respect to cold how rabbit is so submissive Mm. Mm. there there's something there that i think Mm. is like uh, that kelly's like latching onto more than I mean, like the power aspect of it for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the submissive aspect of it, like almost there, there's like a jealousy thing working on here, but, but like in a way of like, you're wasting it. Oh, like, like rabbit is wasting cold's tutelage. Like rabbit has this immense power and is just kind of such a pushover that mm. he's, he, he just isn't doing what he could do. So Rabbit's belief for Kelly, which also may change, was Kelly is far from unlocking his full potential and needs to start acting now to make the most of his life no matter what it is he chooses to do. Is there a version of that that Kelly might put on Rabbit Yeah, at just copy-paste that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just sounded like, kind of like the sentiment you were I I think at. that the belief has to be then like that Rabbit is too self-conscious to meet his full potential, basically. So with both of these, I'm like, what what is like... What is the like active thing for Kelly, right? Like it feels like with the rabbit one, there should be one more sentence, which is like 
Rabbit is too self-conscious to reach his full potential. And so I need to blank. Yeah. And and so I need to empower him somehow. Like, okay. I, I, cause the, yeah, my, my viewpoint in the way that that like could be an active belief is that Kelly is going to start trying to remove rabbit from his like family, like oh, in, interesting. in some, in some way like that, that kind of like seeing how powerful cold is and how limiting that is for rabbit. Mm-hmm. Like the perspective isn't like you're, you're wasting your teacher. It's like Kelly, Kelly is like friends with these people. I know, I know I'm being like harsh with my beliefs here, Mm -hmm. but like Kelly is like friends with Nami and rabbit and really cares about them and has emotional intelligence, at least to some degree where, where it's like, it's a recognition of that's not how rabbit's going to learn. And that's not how rabbit will make like the most of what he has. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead I need to take it upon myself to like, create the circumstances for rabbit to succeed so is it like rabbit is too self-conscious to reach his full potential so i need to push him yeah maybe i i feel like it's like uh, so i must eliminate the blockades Mm, so Mm. oh interesting because it's not again it's not a i'm not gonna push rabbit because that's what cold is doing that's what like that uh, you know they're they're pushing and like being and Again, it's like it's less of a I need my friends to change and it's more of a I like I know how my friends are mm-hmm. and they they cannot grow this way. So I need to clear a path. Basically. Right. You want to change the circumstances so that Rabbit can yeah. like grow to what you see as his full potential. So how about this? Rabbit is too self-conscious to reach his full potential. So I must eliminate what's holding him back. Great. Yeah, that's good. Great. And this Nami one, so Nami is so detached from this world that she cannot possibly operate within it. And by the way, I I, I want this to be clear for everyone. If these beliefs are not something you're interested in, like, like for instance, Jonas, if you're like, "Uh, I don't really want Rabbit and Kelly's relationship to be this way, please, like, speak up and we can, like, figure out another way around for these beliefs. These these are, like, definitely a conversation between all of us. I want right, them to yeah. come from you as a player, but like if something comes up that you're like, ah, I'm not really interested in like playing things out that way, then we can. I think I'm. Re- I think I'm cool with that direction. Okay. It, yeah. I, just, just. I don't to know check. that it will be easy for Kelly to to meet that goal if that is Kelly's goal. I think yeah. that's fun. Yeah. Agreed. So, with Nami, I guess I guess it would be to, I mean, like to take it upon him, himself to. Teach Nami how to be a person. <laughs> it's a it's a um, uh, Henrietta echoes of the Henrietta arc a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So Nami is so detached from this world that she cannot possibly operate within it. So I need to I need to I need to guide her in the ways of being a human or something like that. Or I need to I need to advise her in the ways of being a human. So I need to like teach her how to hack the system. I love that. Oh. Because, again, I don't want her to change. I don't think right. that she's bad. I just think that she's not built for this world. Yeah. In, 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 a, in, in a different way, but uh, just like how, like, Kelly isn't. Like, Kelly cannot operate 100% out of the shadows. Like, Kelly's had to find ways to work within what the world accepts and tolerates and right. expects. Yeah. And, I mean, that was kind of a whole conversation we had in the last yeah. year. So Yeah. 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 So to summarize, your new beliefs for Nami and Rabbit are 
Nami is so detached from this world that she cannot possibly operate within it, so I need to teach her how to hack the system. And Rabbit is too self-conscious to reach his full potential, so I must eliminate what's holding him back. Great. Love that. Uh, how about your beliefs for Norfolk in the city? Are those staying or changing? So Norfolk, this town could never save itself, so I must. That might never change. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair. Yeah, so that's staying the same. And then the city has a hunger that will not be satiated with just Norfolk. I don't think we really saw Our that. characters didn't fuck with the city, I don't yeah. think. There hasn't, like, hasn't yeah, been we were, like a, we were in a, the city. We were in the city, yeah. For a little while, but it didn't, um, nothing bled out. Or anything too too much. I feel like we, we didn't we didn't really investigate our characters' relationships with the city too much outside of like the city police, I guess. Right. Okay, great. I'm happy with those. So William, go ahead and mark two points of experience. <gasps> which I believe now levels I leveled. you up. Okay, great. Yeah. Hey. So we are yeah, we're all gonna level this uh, this session. Cool. Uh and Jonas, let's do yours. Okay. So go ahead and read for us the ones that you had from the last arc. So Rabbit's belief for Kelly. Kelly is far from unlocking his full potential and needs to start acting now to make the most of his life, no matter what it is he chooses to do. And then Nami. Nami is more like me than anyone else in town. For Norfolk, the town is stronger than the city and deserves the power the city seems to hold. And the city is, the city has more to offer than many believe and we should give it some time. Great. So to work from the top down, I suppose. Um, so Kelly is far from unlocking his full potential and needs to start acting now to make the most of his life, no matter what it is he chooses to do. I don't feel like that is, I, I don't know that that is necessarily like has been proven false, but I don't think it's what I am interested in operating under anymore. And I don't think that it is like as, I, I, I don't know that it's been proven false, but I think that Rabbit has like, Rabbit doesn't believe that so hard after seeing what he's seen because mm. Kelly, he's seen more from Kelly in this arc, seen Kelly do more. And Kelly got these, like, part of it is, like, Kelly got the this, like, wild new tool that seems to fit in really well with, like, how Kelly wants to live his life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Rabbit seeing that is like, okay, well, I can no longer say Kelly's far from unlocking his full potential. I think it's like Kelly's on the way. So I almost kind of want to, like, reframe this in the direction of, like, Kelly's on the right path and I need to stay by his side to make sure he gets there. I like that. I like that. I like I like that a lot too. Cute. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, cuz the last one had this like uncertainty like no matter what he's going to do, he needs to do it now. And I'm like, okay, he's doing it. Like Kelly is moving forward like you if it, it felt a little bit like that we were all involved, Kelly was kind of leading the investigation or like necessitating it. I mean, mm -hmm. it started with Nami, but it, I think just cuz Kelly has that natural detective streak, Rabbit sees himself following Kelly as he's always looking for someone to model himself after. And I think that was sort of where he followed this in this arc. So let me let me read this back to you. Kelly's on his way and needs and I need to stay by his side to make sure he gets there. Is that right? Yeah, I almost want to be more specific with Kelly's on his way because that yeah. makes sense in relation to what I had before. But um, I mean, I, we could just keep some of the language. Kelly's on the way to unlocking his full potential. What do, what does Rabbit think that Kelly's full potential looks like? So in, in my mind, like when I had written that first thing, I don't think Rabbit has like a solid vision of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's more like, oh, this kid's got something going on. You know, the the who's this kid? What's he going to do from fucking Hamilton? Like <laughs> there, there, there is something like I have a feeling that Kelly's going somewhere. But maybe it would be more interesting to define that a little bit deeper now. Kind of say what I think it looks so. Like. I think if we're if we're changing this belief, like I kind of want to know what rabbits, what rabbit imagines yeah. Kelly's like final form <laughs> being like. Right. So to, to, to like kind of like refresh, I guess, a little bit, Kelly doesn't know about Butch at, or sorry, Rabbit doesn't know about Butch at all, correct? Correct. 
Nobody knows about Butch except Kelly. But Rabbit knows that Kelly is... Uh, the cryptid. The cryptid. <laughs> the cryptid. Does Rabbit know, like, why Kelly is the cryptid? Like, what is... I guess, what has Kelly communicated to Rabbit as far as, like, his life philosophies? Because I kind of want to think about that. That's a good question. Uh, do, William, do you think Kelly has shared about the investigation of Jimmy Domo or any of the, the stuff that he's done in the city as the cryptid with Rabbit? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that everything has, like, literally, I think Butch is the only thing y'all don't know about. Okay. I think in that case, then Kelly's ready to make strides in his investigation, and I have to stay by his side to make sure he gets there. Love that. It's like, now it's time, now now he's he's ready to actually make some headway here. And then, so for Nami, to read that again, Nami is more like me than anyone else in town. The only the only um, inclination I have for changing that is just that I feel like Rabbit has gotten a better idea of how Nami is maybe like no one else in town, including me. And that could still leave room for this to be true. Um, because I think Rabbit also feels that way about himself. Like I think that's more... Um, this feels... So So the thing I want to be clear about with these is like these do not have to change every session. Yeah. Like I absolutely. kind of want there to be ones that we're just kind of tracking throughout the season just to kind of like... I want them to be things that y'all are thinking about as totally the characters of like, this is what I believe about about my fellow hunters. I think this one still feels both valid and actionable and in a way I like to keep in mind and maybe yeah. even like keep more focus in mind in this arc and see if that changes anything. Yeah, great. So yeah, Nami is more like me than anyone else in town. And then for Norfolk, uh, Norfolk is stronger than the city and deserves the power the city seems to hold. I feel like that was neither... I, I feel like I just didn't think about that too mm-hmm. much this arc. And and I almost feel like that is telling me that maybe that's not how Rabbit feels about the town first and foremost. I mm. here's here's kind of the thing. I think I uh am finding that Rabbit is not thinking about Norfolk in relation to the city as much as like I am as a player and right. in these other games we're playing especially. So I almost want to I, I think similar to the Kelly thing, kind of reframe this. Like the the town the town's strength comes from within, regardless of what the city wants to do. Like, I don't I, I don't think that the rabbit's thinking, oh, we need to take the city's power. It's more like Norfolk is Norfolk has its power, Norfolk is strong, and that has nothing to do with the city. Like I think Rabbit is like, especially after seeing how it was people from in Norfolk, like the three of us and Cold, who like stopped Norfolk people from getting killed. Mm-hmm. Rabbit is, is maybe leaning more into that sense of like community right now and really feeling like if we we as a town stand together, we can get through anything. Can I can I give you a slightly different pitch based on something that happened yeah. in the last arc? Sure. So something I've been thinking about a lot is that moment that you had with Ace where you where it was revealed that you probably broke Ace's arm on Cold's command when both you and they were children. And I wonder whether Rabbit is thinking about the harm that they have caused hmm. here. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder yeah. if, and, and I, I'm not saying this yeah. is true. I'm not saying this is true, but I wonder if Rabbit is starting to think, oh, like the fact that Rabbit didn't really remember that, that Rabbit is starting to think right. maybe like either I need to take full account of the damage I've caused in Norfolk or mm-hmm. I need to I want to I want to balance out the harm I've done. Right. In, something in like, something like that. Yeah. 
I, I've definitely, yeah, I've been like, thinking about that a lot because there's also the, um, I, f- I forget her name, Kelly's boss at the um, the roller rink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joni. Yeah, Rabbit has had like a few good moments, this, this, this arc of like hurting people by acting the way that he has always learned to be, you mm-hmm. know? And then, and like he's starting to learn like how that can just cause harm and reflecting on harm he may have caused without realizing it in the past. So I, I think I would like to, yeah, do something like that. Like, uh, I mean, would something like, I I have a duty to help the people of Norfolk to counteract the harm I've done in the past. Yeah, I like that. Balance I, out. I, I think let's make it even more, let's make it even, even stronger. Like, sure. I feel like it's like, I need to help the people of Norfolk at all costs because... I know I've done them harm in the past or something like that. Something like something that would, that would really present you a choice between like doing this thing or continuing your, your regular course of action. You know what I'm saying? Norfolk's defense is of highest priority because of the harm I've done in the past or like, Cause I'm thinking like yeah. right now I've got like, I, I think that like rabbit's family and rabbit's friends are his highest priorities yeah. equally. And that's going to tug at him mm-hmm. and yeah. adding Norfolk as a, a third thing that can connect to one or both of those other two, I think is an interesting. What about something like Norfolk is my family too. And I oh. need, I need to protect it in the same way that I protect the coven. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Cool. That, that sounds perfect, Sam. Yeah. I think Norfolk is my family too. I don't need to protect it in the same way I protect the coven. And then lastly, Rabbit's belief for the city. The city has more to offer than many believe, and we should give it some time. I don't think there's any reason to change that. Like I was saying, we didn't really examine the characters' relationships with the city as like a socioeconomic presence or anything. And I also think it'll be really fun to hold on to this one and see what does change it, because I have a feeling it will change at some point. Yep, agreed. Um, so Rabbit, Rabbit's going to be a bit of a city apologist because he's never never thought about it too hard. I, I really like, I like having one of y'all at least be like, oh, the city's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's fun. Yeah. Jonas, go ahead and mark two experience for that. Okay, Nami. All right. So Nami uh, believes for Kelly that Kelly and Rabbit should totally hook up. They'd be such a power couple. (laughs) (laughs) That Rabbit has been around forever and that people need to lay off their case. Norfolk, the town has a seed of power inside that Nami needs to help cultivate. For the city, something dark is brewing in the city and Nami needs to be here to help fix it this time around. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) let's start with the Kelly one. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sam and I already talked off podcast about this, but I, I think Nami still kind of thinks this, but is less focused on this right now for Kelly. Mm -hmm. And the main thing that Nami is focused on for Kelly is breaking up uh, Kelly from Jillian. Whoa. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So do you want to read your, your new belief? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's trying to tear each other away from their loved ones. (laughs) Nami's Nami's new belief is that Jillian is not good for Kelly and they need to be split up. Cool. And I will do it whatever the cost. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I think that is actionable. William, you're, you're comfortable playing with that. I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's easy. And what about uh, Rabbit? So this is a really interesting one, Sam, because I have a mission as the divine. Mm-hmm. And we haven't oh. really talked about this on pod with everyone here. Mm-hmm. But my mission is that one of the other hunters has a crucial role to play in the events to come. And I must prepare them for their role and protect them at any cost. Right. 
And this whole time I've been playing Nami oh. as if she doesn't know which one of you it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but after the events of the last arc, when she saw a rabbit use the gravitational magic, she thinks that it's rabbit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So the new thing is that rabbit is the person I'm supposed to help stop whatever dark thing is happening in Norfolk and the city. Wow. I feel like also if part of your mission is and I have to like protect them or whatever, mm-hmm. the, definitely you had a very active role in protecting Rabbit. Like I, I still want to make sure we all remember, like just keep in mind that like Rabbit, the, the person Rabbit would have died if we weren't all there. Right. Yep. Like it, it feels like and that is something that is significant. And I'm very grateful for. Thank you for saving my life. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I almost want to give that like one more sentence. So I have Rabbit is the person I need to help stop whatever's happening in Norfolk. Yeah. I almost want to say something along the lines of like their protection is more important than anyone else's or something like that. You know what I mean? Some, some like, okay, like given the choice, you know, I have to help rabbit and Kelly, which one am I going to help? I feel like there is a, there is an interesting thing there to be like, I have to, I have to help rabbit because I know that they are going to be the, the one, the, the chosen. Yep. Yeah. I love so much that your Kelly belief is like, Kelly, Kelly and Jillian need to split up. And then it's like, and then Rabbit's is like, <laughs> Rabbit's going to save the world. <laughs> oh, this is going to do wonders for that little bit of tension that was uh, introduced with, with uh, Nami and Kelly in arc one. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. yeah. And then for Norfolk and the city, I still think those stand. And that is how I have been playing Nami a little subtly, but she still, she still is, you know, I mean, it's the whole reason that she, got involved with the ace situation is because yeah yeah so the two new beliefs i have for you are jillian is not good for kelly and i need to split them up yep and rabbit is the person i need to help stop whatever's happening in norfolk and i need to prioritize their protection above all else yep so you protect rabbit rabbit protects norfolk Uh uh-huh norfolk protects kelly Norfolk protects Kelly. We got yeah. it. And Kelly Kelly protects and, the city. And the city protects Nami. <laughs> 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 okay, great. Um, great. Uh, that is all for that is all for our God. Would I mark two um, then for that? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and mark two points of experience for that. Okay. The um, little bit we just did, the protection circle. I just I just hear that now as like some like prophecy that will be made true by the end of the series <laughs> in a way we do not expect at all. Like the city's gonna hold Nami captive, but there's some greater threat that it protects her from. And just like know. technically all of that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so everyone leveled up from either the last arc or those specific things. So let's just quickly go over what you all have taken, unless you are choosing to keep it secret, at which point we will find it out when it comes up. I took a plus one to sharp, so it's plus three now. So you have a plus three tough and a plus three sharp now. That's right. I, so I've decided I'm going to name the move I took, but I'm not going to read the description. And if anyone happens to remember or take the time to go back and, and listen, you can uh, find out what it is. If not, I will I will read the description later when it's narratively relevant. Sure. Sounds um, good. But I'm going to be taking the move, Sam, Glowing Eyes, an additional shape changer move. Ooh, love it. Yeah. Love it. Feels appropriate given how the last art kind of culminated for Rabbit. Yeah. And Nami, what did you take? I'm keeping it a secret. Okay, great. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Love it. We got, we got full truth, partial secret, full secret. Uh-huh. We are a spectrum the full, of humanity. The full spectrum. Hey, everybody. 
Thanks so much for listening to Pest Control. Obviously, this episode is a little bit different than our normal ARC uh, content, so I hope you liked it. We are going to be doing one of these downtime episodes between every single ARC as a chance for players to kind of like follow up on plot threads that they maybe didn't get the chance to follow up on in the ARC or to kind of pursue larger scale uh, desires. Our next episode is also going to be a slightly different thing and also something we'll probably end up doing between every arc. I know we at least have a plan to do it between the second and third arc. And that is a game of Kingdom by Ben Robbins, which is going to allow us to kind of zoom out on the world of Norfolk in general and get a sense of where the community is at and and what's going on around the central characters. If you're enjoying the show, you can really help us out by leaving a review on your podcatcher of choice or by telling someone you know. The best way for podcasts to get out into the world are by word of mouth. So if you know someone that likes actual play shows or audio dramas or anything of that sort and you think they might be interested, why not tell them about the show? We'd really, really appreciate it. We can't get the word out on our own. If you want to follow us on social media, the most active places are our Twitter at Pest Control Pod, and on our Discord server, to which there is a link in the episode description. You can also find us on co-host at Pest Control, and on Tumblr at Pest Control, I believe, or Pest Control Pod, maybe. We're also fairly active on both the QTimes server and the actual place server, which is a, a server run by our friends over at Thornvale. That's a great place to go find new actual play shows. If you like this one and you're interested in finding more shows that are kind of in a similar vein, why not hop on there? Come say hello to us. Go find some new shows. It's a win-win. Our next episode should be out on April 2nd. See you then. Kelly. The camera sees your face. Uh, You are standing on a darkened street, but your face is illuminated by this glowing orange light. The camera moves behind you and we see what it is that is lighting you up. And it is a burning house. Let's flash back a little bit to you standing in Simon Pip's house and him cocking the shotgun and leveling it at your chest. You are dressed as the cryptid here, so he does not immediately recognize you, but that is that is both for the best and for the worst. And I think he maybe still has an arm in a sling or something like that. So he's kind of like awkwardly propping this shotgun up with one arm, sort of using the sling maybe as like a steadying thing and, and holding onto the trigger with the other. And he says, get out of my house. I, I want to remind you that uh, Simon also never saw Kelly. Like Kelly was wearing a mask and oh like, yeah, right, behaving as the as the cryptid or like whatever, just not in the cryptid costume. Right. I mean, I think it takes a second for I. If you don't mind, I'd like to roll sharp, some just to like get my bearings because yeah, like yeah, I I think that immediately, like in order to act properly, I just I'd feel like. I need to know what I'm doing, what's going on. Like, well, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of pressure you're under right now. If you don't know where you are, you gotta do something. And you're hurt, and like... You're, you're, a lot of pressure, and you have to act. Real sharp. Huh. Interesting. Well, I rolled a six. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think on a six, his eyebrows kind of go up. 
and he says, wait a second, you're the one that visited me in the hospital. And I think that's enough for like Kelly to track where, like for some reason he's with Simon Pip right now. Mm-hmm. Like I think he gets that now. And I'm just gonna try to knock the shotgun away and like dip. Okay, this definitely is an act under pressure. Role. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> well, okay, that's, I mean, frick, that's a 12. Woo! Hey. Okay, what happens here? I mean, you you do this, you kick the shotgun away and you, and you leave, but like, what does this look like as Kelly does it? Yeah, what, I mean, what's, uh, what's Simon Pip's like house look like? In my head, it is the house that you thought was haunted when you were a kid. It is mm. the house at the end of the block with the chain link fence uh, or the big wooden slat fence, dark wood, two story, you know, windows that ha- kind of have stuff. Like if you're looking at it from the outside, there there's like stuff blocking a lot of the windows, which means it's really, really dark in here. And it is like very early in the morning because y'all have, have tracked through to the next morning. So it's like probably 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. at this point, which means he just looks like bleary. There's dishes in the sink. Mm-hmm. You very clearly notice salt along the windowsills and under the doors, and there are runes carved into the door frames. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Kelly just, like, dips down and, like, sweep kicks the shotgun, like, just off to the side. Yeah, being just really goes careful. Flying. Yeah, being really careful not to hit Simon at all. Like mm-hmm. at this point, and then like I just like think a beat, like does does that like so quick like in place, and then like stands upright again, just like in front of Simon Pip, <laughs> and then jumps backwards and like blasts through a window. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. As you wish. <laughs> is that is that with your new brass knuckles? Your like force brass knuckles? Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You break out through this window, land on the ground outside, quickly hop the fence and you're gone. And I think the camera just lingers there for a minute in that broken window as we see Simon Pip like walk up to the window and just like try, like squint looking after you and just has no idea where you went. Now we're back with that burning building, the fire swirling in the eyepieces of the cryptid's mask and we can finally make it out. It is the safe house, Carmichael's safe house, where you met Ace and decided to move them to Jillian's apartment. Question for you, what is the look on Kelly's face? Like, how how is Kelly feeling in this moment? Kelly's kind of smirking. Mm-hmm. Like a job well done. Okay, just like, you know, kind of clapping the hands and being like, think, well, another good like day's Kelly- work. Kelly like lights a cigarette on the fire of the house burning. Like when it was a little bit smaller, you know, before it was so like, you can't get close to it right now, but like. Maybe the mask pulled up a little yeah, bit so he can light up, the. You can see like the mouth and stuff, yeah. The cigarette um, and, and you know, take a drag on that. But you know, I mean, you, you, you have enough wherewithal to be like, I probably shouldn't stick around here. Uh-huh. And, what I want you to do is give me an act under pressure roll <laughs> to see whether anyone notices the cryptid at the scene of this burning safe house. Yeah, Sam, I was thinking you didn't really have William roll act under pressure enough in the last arc, so this is good to kick it off with. I rolled a seven, so I got an eight. On a seven to nine, 
the keeper will give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. The worse outcome I'm gonna, just gonna give you here is someone spots you, or spots the cryptid, I should say. Yeah. Uh, burning yeah. one of these uh, Carmichael safe houses. Mm. Um, <laughs> we we don't get a good look at them. I think the, the camera sees them in silhouette from behind as they peek out their window at the burning building across the street, and then hurry quickly into the kitchen to grab the phone and call 911. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kelly just gets out of there. I mean, even if even if Kelly doesn't notice this person, you know, like Kelly doesn't yeah. notice that that he was noticed. It's like it's like yeah, well, I'm done here. Right. Like I should I should get out of here. This is a burning house, burning building. Yeah. As you leap up to the rooftops and sneak away into the darkness of the street lamps, you can hear the sounds of fire engines coming this way. You've had a couple of days here. You know, I want to know what Kelly's been up to. Yeah, so getting healed, like that kind of thing. I went to work, mm-hmm. had to do that. And that was strange and like I had a lot of recovering to do, I think, in that situation. But uh, other than that, like I think Kelly is immediately getting down to business because one of the things that he did in the Gateway Demons like territory in their lair or whatever on the way mm-hmm. out was grabbing... Something of Ace's partner. Mm-hmm. Kennedy. Ken- yeah, Kennedy's. And and something else as well. There was another object in there that you could not necessarily identify. Yeah. Yeah, and just like grabbing stuff that was almost certainly from the, the victims of mm-hmm. this creature's attacks and everything. And I wanted to drop off Kennedy's watch, the engraved watch with Ace. Uh, is is Ace still at Jillian's? You don't know. You've not checked back with her. As the cryptid, can I just like find my way onto her balcony and see if I can? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In? I think this is this is the following morning. You find your way onto the balcony, climb up the outside of the building, and you see that Ace is gone from the couch. Most likely. It seems like they have left. And Jillian's little dog kind of like comes up against the glass and is like, you see like barking at you on the balcony. Uh, But there's no sign of Ace. Okay. Oh, then I just want to track Ace down. Okay. I mean, where, where do you start? Do you talk to Jillian or is this, is this independent? Independent. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, I, you know, you know, if, if we're turning this to a, into a role here, how about I just trust my gut? Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so this is my alternative weird move because I don't have magic. So I'm going to trust my trust my gut roll plus weird, which is an eight. Okay. An eight total because my weird is zero. It's really taking a risk on this roll, actually. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. on a seven to nine, the keeper will tell you a general direction to go take plus one forward as you explore that. Okay. The general direction I'm going to tell you to go is inside to Jillian's apartment. Do you think the balcony is unlocked? Probably um, not. Probably not. Given given what we know about Jillian, my instinct is okay. No. Cool. Well, then I'm about to make another roll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna break into a secure location. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Cool. 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 And that's plus sharp, and so that mm-hmm. makes it ten. So on a ten plus, pick three. You get in undetected. You get out undetected. You don't leave a mess, and you find what you are after. So I would like to get in undetected, get out undetected, and. Uh, I kind of feel like I have to find what I'm after, so I'll just do that. I guess I'll leave a mess. Sorry, Jillian. <laughs> I mean, like, it, but that's like, it has to be undetected, so it's probably going to get blamed on Ace or something. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, what kind of mess do you leave here? Okay, I've got an idea, I've got an idea. Kelly, you pick the balcony lock and slip inside. And just as you do, Jillian starts emerging from her bedroom. Her, her bedroom door opens and you see her walking out and you race over to the closet and like tuck yourself inside just before she comes out. And you see she is on the phone. She is like calling and you feel the phone in your pocket buzzing. Pull that out and immediately put it on silent. Okay, great. You see her like kind of walk out of view into the kitchen and then, you know, kind of walk back into the middle of the room and like look out the balcony window, reach down and kind of pet her dog. And you don't pick up this phone call. So she is going to leave a voicemail for you. Hey, uh, Kelly. Um, so your friend had to duck out this morning. Uh, I guess they, you arranged for them to get picked up or something. I was hoping um, to see you maybe tonight, but you know, I know you're, I know you're busy. Um, so I'm not, this is not the favor. I'm not calling in the favor. I'm just saying if you wanted to come over tonight, you could, that's all. Okay, uh, bye. And she hangs up. Damn, Jillian needs some options. <laughs> Well, I'm going to wait for her to like make her way back out of the room and then I'm going to I'm mm-hmm. going to leave the way I came, I guess. But I, I might want to do a quick like not necessarily investigate a mystery. I just want to actually I can. I'll do investigate a mystery and I'll say, where did where did it go? <laughs> OK, yeah, great. That's Sounds what I'll good. do. So let me throw that roll out. Um, wow, great. Rolling fantastically right now. So that's an that's an 11 <laughs> plus the plus one for the forward because I am acting on the trust my gut. Mm-hmm. So not I don't need it, but it is a 12. <laughs> I'm going to spend two hold to just be like, where are they? Okay, great. So Ace got picked up by a person named Sylvia Rue. You might recognize that name because it, it is one of the Norfolk Parents Assemblage women that were at Cheapskate when Rabbit subbed in. When you were at work. <laughs> For some reason, it seems like, and I'm curious how Kelly gets this information because I don't, I don't, I'm trying to like, how does Kelly like check the CCTV of the building or yeah, something? Yeah, probably, probably something as invasive as possible. <laughs> okay, great. Then we have a hard cut to you in like the CCTV room of the building with the security guard like passed out on the floor like next to you. And you are like scrolling through last night's footage and you see Ace get into the car and you see Sylvia's face through the windshield. You have no idea if Ace called her, if she called Ace. It seemed from Jillian's message like there was some phone call, but you're not actually sure what the deal was there. And you're not totally sure what would have motivated Ace to leave a potentially safe location for somewhere else. So, Nami, like I said, it has been a few days since the events of the the last thing. I, I will say neither Nami nor Kelly have seen Rabbit. Rabbit has not been out and about. I don't know whether you've contacted them or or whatever, but like I feel that probably Rabbit has not been out anywhere with any of you. Definitely would would have contacted, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Well, where we last left Nami, she was in jail. 
Yeah. I think she actually, you know, okay, she kind of like appeared in this jail cell and I think she was like mm-hmm. surprised and a little frustrated and mm-hmm. very worried for her friends. And by the way, so were the police officers who were here very surprised to see someone in an empty <laughs> jail cell. I think at some point they bring someone new, so, you know, someone they picked up off the street, a, a small time drug dealer or something like that, and go to put them in what they think is an empty cell. And then Nami is there. Yeah, just like a, just very casual, like, oh, hello. Oh my God, what the fuck? Where, uh, who? Uh, yeah. Oh shit, are you the, you're the, you're the, you're the lady who, who. Yeah, I came back. Went through the wall. You know, I figured it was the right thing to do and I'm here now. I got, and he like looks at this drug dealer and this drug dealer like looks at him. Uh, I didn't get a different set of key. Okay, all right, hang on. Um. And he and the drug dealer both walk back down the length of this little jail where he talks to his superior and a couple of people walk down to to come talk to you. I'm assuming, Nami, that you are reaching out to to Almos. Yes. uh, After this. Is that right? That was the plan. Okay, great. I want to kind of elide the time a little bit here. Almos negotiates for your release Mm -hmm. on bail puts up bail for you and you are allowed to leave and then sits you down at like maybe the next morning at like a a coffee shop or actually probably somewhere more isolated than that. He probably takes you to his law office, to a room in his law office or says, meet me here. So the next morning you arrive, almost brings you inside. It's an enormous, nice glass and metal building in the city. Very counter to a lot of the architectural themes in Norfolk but quite, you know, beautiful in a kind of corporate way. And Elmos brings you up a set of stairs and into a little conference room, closes the door behind you and sits down at a big table across from you and says, okay, Nami, so um, you have made this pretty complicated. I'm not gonna lie. I did? Yes. I'm glad that you decided to come back in the end, that that uh, certainly well, that fixes everything, right? Just... Helps our case. Oh no! Okay, you leaving in the first place is is really that's that's you can't like then just come back and have them just be like, great, we're we're gonna take that one off the table. Okay, what? Well, it sort of keeps you keep stacking up. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense because like if it's not my fault, I was able to get out. That's really that's on them. Yeah, I mean, that is what I'm going to argue. Okay. So don't don't worry. Right. But we need to have a frank conversation about some uh, some stuff related to your background and some stuff related to your current acquaintances. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, that you know the cryptid. Uh-huh. Are you comfortable t- talking about the cryptid to the court? No. Okay. As your legal representation, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that it would really help your case if you talked about the cryptid in court. I am required by law to tell you when I think something is in your best interests. Yeah. And you know what? Almost, I really appreciate that, but I really can't. (laughs) Okay. Well, um. You know what? You're a handsome guy. You know that? <laughs> Thanks. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Do you have a partner? Uh, nope. Oh. Little, little, little busy. Oh, sure. You have law. Okay. Just curious. That's good to know. I'll keep that in mind. I'll put that into my uh, my files. Okay. Um. So so back back to sort of the matter at hand. Right. What about Ace? Do you know where they are? Um. No. I, just so you know, because I, I don't know how much of this you know. Yeah. Anything you tell me oh. stays between us. There's something called uh, attorney-client privilege. Do you know what that is? No. Okay, basically it means anything you tell me here is just between the two of us. It doesn't get told to anyone else unless you tell me it's okay to tell them. Oh, so you're not, okay, so you're not at all like the police. No, I mean, no, I'm not like the police. Okay, okay. I do. You do. Okay. Are you comfortable telling the police and the city where Ace is? Would Ace get in trouble? Definitely yes. Then no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he makes a note. He has this big legal, you know, yellow legal notepad that he's just kind of keeping extemporaneous notes on. Uh-huh. He makes a note and says, Ace is a no. Okay. All right. Okay. Um... Is there anything else that you know that is related to criminal activities in the city or in Norfolk that you could use as leverage to get a more favorable sentence from the judge? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure Carmichael killed somebody. Yeah, I mean, we're all pretty sure Carmichael killed somebody. Like near <laughs> me, like, like that. I was like in near Carmichael. You saw it? Mm, I was in the next room. Did you see or hear anything definitive? I heard screaming. Screaming's good. Okay. Did you hear the screaming suddenly stop? (laughs) Yeah, there was this guy that was like, ah, oh, Carmichael is killing me. I'm being killed by Carmichael. Oh, that's legally admissible for sure. (laughs) Um, I don't think so. We had to kind of get out of there pretty quick. Okay. Just a recommendation from me to you. Don't hang out with Carmichael. Don't hang out with any of Carmichael's crew. Don't talk to Carmichael. Don't talk to anyone related (laughs) to Carmichael. Don't tell Carmichael anything. Treat Carmichael. You know not to talk to the police? Well, you don't know that. Don't talk to the police. I know that now, all right? Okay, okay. Treat Carmichael like he's the police. Gosh, there's so many people I have to not talk to. Yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, all right, I'll keep that in mind. Okay, so so that's great. So you so you you but you saw some. You could you could uh you could identify them from a lineup. Yeah, of, of a person the the person who got killed? Yeah, well, I mean, yes. Yeah, of course I saw them. <laughs> okay. That's that's good. Okay. When exactly did you see them? Hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> very, I'm not sure how long that was. It would have been like the day before yesterday. Okay. The night of the day before yesterday. All right. Then I would say that. Okay. All right. Where did you see them? In Volcanic. Great. Did you see any security cameras in Volcanic that might have that might have seen them coming in or going out? Oh, or? there were security cameras in the, the club, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There were security cameras in the club. There were right. none in the hallway leading up to Carmichael's office. Right. <laughs> yeah, in the club. Okay. In the club. That's a good start. Yeah. That's a good start. So here's here's the plan, all right? He's got a whole wall. Here's the plan. You know about the wall? A wall, a wall of what? A wall of like victims and potential victims. Uh, <laughs> are they are they 
He told me all about it. He was like, these ones are the colors for the people I killed. And these ones are the colors for the people I want to kill. Damn. Um, did you get a picture? No. Did you tell anybody about this right after it happened? I mean. Like as close as possible to right when it happened. Did anyone else see it? Can anyone else validate that Ace they saw it? it? Okay, Ace is gonna Ace, Ace is gonna be tough. Ace can't yeah. be in court, or they will be arrested for murder. So. Right? No. So just circling back, you're not cool with Ace with turning Ace in. No. Okay, gotcha. Just underline something on the legal notepad. Yeah. <laughs> Nami, I got a I got a question for you. Uh huh. This is gonna be kind of uncomfortable, but how well can you protect yourself? I'm pretty tough. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Do you have a Do you have a security system on your apartment? No, but I have this, and Nami's gonna like <laughs> reach into like the space next to her, and then pull out her sword from like a pocket dimension. And this is your new move. This is my right? new move. My new move is what I need when I need it. You may. Yes, I love this move. (laughs) You may store any small object you own, putting it into a magical space nobody can get to. You may retrieve anything you stored at any time it appears in your hand. Love it. Okay, you have a. Okay. Um, Do you know how to do? Do you do do like fencing? (laughs) What's that? A big sword, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big sword. It's like uh like like play fighting with swords. No, I just like a, I just fight things like the monster, the monster that killed uh Kennedy Ace's partner. The monster that yeah. killed okay, all right. So there's a monster that killed Okay, that's that's interesting. That's potentially okay. Yeah. Writes it down. Oh, oh, you know, I know someone who saw that. Who saw the monster? Yeah, that's not Ace. Oh, who who? Do you know <laughs> The cryptid. Um, do you know Miss Kalani? <laughs> Rosa Kalyani? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I I have seen her on the news. She. You're telling me she saw. No, no. She saw the monster. Uh, yeah. The monster. Uh-huh. Huh. Huh. <sighs> Interesting. I mean, she would definitely be a, a reputable source. Yeah. Well, she's like a figure in the community, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. She's got a lot of she's got a lot of play with uh juries around here. <clears throat> she's usually just a uh expert witness, but uh, interesting. Yeah. You still have contact with Ace? Yeah, I could probably figure out where they are. You should tell them. Uh-huh. That if they get in contact with me, we might be able to figure out some kind of deal. Okay. We can call in you, we can call in Ms. Kalyani. Okay. We can maybe have them testify in Ace's favor. Oh, that'd be great. A monster, huh? What what was what does the monster look like? Oh gosh, it was so scary. It was like all glass and metal and like blob. Did you get I don't suppose you got a picture? No. Why do you think okay. I have hey. a, do you think I just take pictures of everything? Nami, do you have a phone? Yeah. Start taking pictures of every weird thing that you see. Okay. Please. <laughs> oh my God. New trait. <laughs> okay. So, so here's, here's my plan. Big picture. Yep. Here's what we're going to argue in front of the judge. Okay. Ace convinced you to get them out of prison. Okay. They said they would, uh, 
they, they, they had some sort of power over you, right? They're a vampire, maybe they, uh, maybe they convinced you, right? Maybe they used some sort of magic on you. Oh, and, but they and, didn't. Uh, Nami, this is what we're going to argue. Where, okay, it doesn't have to be true. It's a lie. No, well, I don't. <laughs> Don't say it's a lie in front of anyone else. Okay, but for me and you, we know. For me and you, we know this could have happened. It right? was a lie. <laughs> but it it's possible. Okay, all right, almost. Okay, all so, right. so we're gonna argue, Ace had some, some sort of power. They're a vampire, they have some sort of power. They managed to, to convince you through magic, through no will of your own. Mm -hmm to break out of the prison, right? To break out of jail. Right. To cut through that fence. Yep. And to disappear. Then they left you, right? Uh-huh. And then you, you were worried, right? Because you were worried that the police, that they would come down on you yeah. for something that wasn't your fault, right? Yeah. And so you thought about it for, for a day or so. You, you, you really wrestled with it, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the argument. Remember, this is the argument we need to make to the judge. Okay. You really wrestled with this. You really wrestled oh, with so what difficult. to do. And you decided that the best thing to do would be to be the honest citizen and to turn yourself in. Mm. Right? Okay. Is that, that's what you decided, That's what right? I did. Yep. Great. Great. I want to cut to, Nami, you are in front of the judge. Almos is sitting at the little table behind you. There's a couple of city lawyers sitting at the at the other table. This is maybe like two weeks later. Is it? Is this like an open court? Can like Kelly be there? Yeah, sure. If Kelly wants to be there, yeah. He can Ke be there. Kelly is like in a in a hoodie, just like off in the back. <laughs> Love it. The judge says, "Okay, uh, yeah." Next up on the docket, we have closing arguments from uh, Mr. Sumati uh, and your client and from the uh, city police here. So last thing we need then is a statement from uh, from you, Miss... Um, Nami. Miss Nami. Is uh, mononym? Yep. Okay. Miss Nami, last thing we need from you, uh, you you get brought up here, you're going to get interviewed by the prosecutor, and then we, sh we should be able to bring things to a close. Okay. Almost leans over and says, okay, remember everything that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, okay? Did, remember the argument? You remember the argument? Yeah. Okay, don't stray from the argument. As far as you know, the argument is the truth. You don't know where Ace is. You don't know anything else. Yep. Okay, mm -hmm. just the argument. Okay. Okay, And then great. Nami's gonna give a big old wink. Okay, don't do that when you're up there. Okay. Good luck. Okay. And you walk up to the witness stand. The prosecutor, this person's name is Castor Bahij. And he walks up, he's very dressed very nicely in this like, you know, black suit, kind of a crisscross pattern tie. And he walks up and says, Nami, can you go ahead and tell the court how long you've been in the United States? Three years. And would you go ahead and tell the court where you're from originally? Yeah, I'm from uh, the garden. The garden, where's that? Um, um, another place. Another place. Could you be more specific? Do you know what country it's in? Well, you know how we're in this world, Earth? Mm-hmm. So there's this one, and then there's other places like the garden. Okay. And then, you know, like places like, for instance, like where demons come from. Uh-huh. And then- Hell. 
So you're, well, you're no, saying I don't you're know if they're hell? all from hell. I'm not from hell. No. <laughs> I'm from the garden. Okay. <laughs> so it's safe to say. Uh-huh. It's safe to say that the garden, uh, and he turns back to the rest of the court, that the garden is not a U.S. territory, which makes Miss Nami here not a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Nami, do you know whether the laws of the United States still apply to people who are not from the United States when they're on United States territory? No. They do. Oh. They do. Okay. The city would like to move to have Nami declared an illegal immigrant and to be brought in under the DREAM Act in order to begin a process of imprisonment in the United States until her sentence is served. No further questions, Your Honor, and moves back to the table. Almos stands up and says, all right, listen, Nami may not be a US citizen. However, her circumstances are far from those we would consider mundane. I, I agree that she should be brought in under the DREAM Act. We can all see that she has, has a lot to learn about living here. But Nami, why don't you, in your own words, tell the court exactly what happened? Just give us a reminder, a summary of exactly what happened. Okay, okay, yeah. I was in the jail cell, chained to the wall. And then Ace looked at me and I don't know what came over me, but I went through the wall after we had a short conversation. It felt like I was... It was like a like an impulse that came on me suddenly. And I went through the wall and then Ace ran away as soon as we escaped through the fence. And I was very confused. I was so confused. And then I, I went <laughs> and I wandered a while and I thought and I thought and I thought until finally I was like, wow, you know, I really probably should go back there. And then I did. Now, I would like to ask the court if that sounds like a story from someone who is a criminal, or whether it sounds like someone who is under the influence of, and pardon me, your honor, but this is the world that we live in now, someone that is that was under the influence of magic. Magic used on them without their consent to enact crimes and force Nami to be a co-conspirator. We would not argue that someone who had a, a gun held to their head and was forced to rob a convenience store was fully culpable for robbing that convenience store, would we? That doesn't make sense. Their life was under threat. And in the same way, Nami did not have a choice when she made her way out of that jail, through that chain link fence and into the night. Your Honor, I would ask you to consider Though Nami did these things, she was not in control of them. And, and, and by the way, Your Honor, returned as soon as she realized that what she had done was against the law. I would advise, personally, a small, short period of community service and a few lessons in order to make Nami a full U.S. citizen. That way, she can be brought up to speed on what laws mean in this country. And 
she can give back to a community that was damaged through her actions, but was not damaged by her. Thank you, Your Honor. And almost turns and sits back down. So Nami. Is Nami clapping? Nami does clap, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, here's what I need you to do. Uh I need you to roll me a charm. Check. Here. Okay. This is a manipulate someone and you are manipulating the judge. Can you get a plus one help out from Almos there? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll give you a plus one from Almos there. (laughs) Yeah, hell yeah. With the plus one from Almos, that would be a nine. (sighs) A nine, okay. Can I help some? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Rabbit, you're not there, but Kelly, you are. If you can think of a way to help out here, Kelly, I will give it to you. But it's you ha- you got to give me a convincing spin here. Yeah, would Kelly know anything about this judge, do you think? Yeah, I mean Kelly Kelly does a lot of like investigation on Does this does this judge have like how do how do they feel about monsters and like They are sympathetic to myriads. They have a nephew who is a myriad. And like right when this video came out, their nephew revealed themselves to be a myriad. And this this judge made some, you know, publicly available post that was like, I'm so happy that my nephew can finally live as a person that they are and doesn't feel like they need to hide themselves from us anymore. Then Kelly, again, like in a hoodie, like, you know, sort of sort of disguised, like not wanting people to know that he's there and that it's him. Damien at the end of uh, of Mean Girls kind of. Yeah, get, gets up and just like starts heading toward the door to leave and just like starts shouting and is like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's all magic. You know, they're, they're going to get to get away with anything these days. You can't believe it. Hey, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go grab a Gatorade and that's going to be magic too. Blah blah blah. Like like really deliberately just being an, an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Great. Uh give me a help out roll here, okay, William. Cool. <laughs> oh, I said okay, cool and it activated my Google. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, Cupid. <laughs> that's Nami. <laughs> okay, help out. Whoa, whoa. Yep. I rolled a 4 and a 6. It's a 10. Plus 1 is 11. Hey. Okay. So on a on a 10 plus, your help grants him plus one to the roll. Yeah. So Nami, this moves to a 10 as we see the judge furrow her brow at this this person making a fuss at the back of the courtroom. And she, you know, slams her gavel down a couple of times as Kelly is escorted out. Mm-hmm. And she says, this court will be taking a, a small um five minute break while I deliberate. When I come back, I will have a decision. Court is adjourned. And she taps her gavel. I want to get a scene between Nami and Kelly for a second. Is that okay? Yeah. Like you're you're kind of like ushered out in the courtroom and you see you see Kelly kind of like standing off to the side in the hoodie. Hey. Hey. I had to leave the premises. So Oh. Sorry. I think I think you helped a little. I don't know. I just felt like it was a good thing. Okay, cool. I mean I that's know. good. Um nice job in there. Yeah? I think so. Oh, thank you. I really tried really hard. You know, it showed. It was it was good. And that like the Almos is just incredible, right? Oh my gosh. I yeah. know. Yeah, and very handsome. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um hopefully I see you soon on the outside. Yeah. You'll be safe. Likewise. 
Court officials start calling people back into the courtroom, and you follow them back inside, Nami, sitting down next to Almos, who gives you a confident smile and a thumbs up. The judge taps her gavel a few times to bring the court to order and straightens a pair of glasses as she begins reading from a piece of paper. This, this court has made a final ruling. Miss Nami, you stand charged by the prosecution of the following misdemeanors. One count of trespassing, one count of tampering with evidence, one count of destruction of public property, and one count of evading arrest lowered from a felony count of escape from custody thanks to the terms of your plea deal. With regard to these charges to which you have pled guilty, this court has determined an appropriate sentence, 100 hours of community service to be performed within city limits and court-supervised probation for the next 24 months or until ruled otherwise. I am now going to read the terms of your probation. Please pay attention. You are to report to your probation officer on a monthly basis. You must obey all laws, court orders, and the terms of your probation. You must not associate with anyone else who is on probation or parole. You are to remain gainfully employed or seeking employment. You must keep the probation department informed as to your employment status. You must keep the probation department informed as to any vehicles that you own. You must notify the probation department of any change to your residence. You are not to leave your state county without permission of the probation department. You are not to obstruct a probation officer from entering your home. If you fail to follow the terms of your probation, this court may reconsider the charges levied against you. Is that understood? And Elmos says, My client understands, Your Honor. You are also hereby ordered by this court to begin the process of registering as a United States citizen. There are classes you may need to take. If you have any questions, I am sure that Mr. Sumati would be happy to guide you through the process. All right. Thank you all. This matter is settled and this court is adjourning for lunch. Nami, that night you return to your apartment the little basement flat underneath Hothouse Flowers. And there is someone waiting for you by your door. Who is it? They turn as you approach, and Nami, in a flash, you are brought back to the garden, to the day before you left. There was someone there, someone you had a connection with, who you left behind. I have a name for them, I want you to tell me what your connection was. This is not a, a cursory connection. This is someone you had some sort of like either deep friendship, romantic relationship, familial kind of relationship, but there was there was some sort of deep relationship with this person. What was it? This was Nami's longtime lover, but not anymore. I want to cut back to the last time y'all had together. Mm -hmm. What does the garden look like? It is beautiful, bright, lush garden full of flowers that are beyond human imagination. Just very like big giant flowers, not even like small ones. Mm -hmm. That's actually, I don't know if you want me to get into it, but that's actually where Nami was yeah. birthed from. She was birthed from a flower. Yeah. So yeah. this person, your former lover is named Akito. 
and he appears, at least here on Earth, as a Japanese man with a soft smile and long black hair down to his shoulders. He's wearing a textured brown blazer over a white t-shirt and a pair of like nice fitted jeans. And as he turns, you're instantly brought back to that last moment the two of you had together in the garden. He is wiping away a, a, a tear or some tears. And he is saying, I just, I really don't want you to go. Like, it's gonna be, I know you're coming back, but you're gonna be in danger down there. Yeah, but it's my purpose. Dranja told me I had to go. And he like stands up. Where are you? Are you just like laying beneath one of these flowers? Like what, what is this? Yeah, I think it's next to like one of the ponds in the garden. And I'm picturing Mm -hmm. it in like the shade of like, there are trees. So the shade of like a cherry blossom tree. Yeah, yeah. And little dragonflies are like zipping down to the pond. You can hear some like frogs maybe croaking in the background, something like that. And a bumblebee kind of tussles Akito's hair. And he turns back to you and says, is this, is this it for us? I, I think it has to be, at least for now. He walks over to you and, and sits cross-legged and kind of like takes your hands between his and says, okay then. I love you, Nami. And I love you. And now we are back in Norfolk, and Aikido is standing right outside of your apartment, leaning up against the wall. Hey, Nami. Aikido? Uh, uh, how, how? Where did you come from? I got a mission, and I saw you on the news. Oh, that, that makes sense. Well, what's your mission? I can't tell you. Oh. It, is Dranja okay? Is she is she ups, upset? She's with fine. Or? Can I come in? Yeah, yeah. Of course. And you let him inside. What does Nami's apartment look like, actually? I don't know if we've talked we about We did pre- mention it briefly, but it is it is just, there's a giant plush bed. That is covered with like <laughs> okay. rich cloths and things like that of like very uh, rich mm-hmm. colors. And then every surface is covered with like knickknacks and trinkets and things like that. Love it. I love that Nami doesn't sleep, but she really invested in a big plush yeah. bed. I, I I feel that would be my vibe too. If I couldn't sleep, yeah. I would be, I would, I would still have like a king size mattress and like an Aikido kind of just like sits down on the floor cross-legged, just, you know, on a, a little rug or something. Nami, we've, Dranya is not happy that you're not back. People are looking for you. Who? who? Other agents, people who are angry about you staying here longer than you were supposed to. And you hear something in that last part when he says it, some little catch in his voice. Oh, um... I knew she would be unhappy with me, but I figured I could, I could maybe make it up to her. Yeah, I mean, did you? I'm I'm trying. I don't know. Um, this still feels like there's something I have to do here. Well, um, it's it's good to see you. Uh, I sh- I should. Uh, and he stands up and and sort of starts making his way towards the door and says, "I I you know I should go." Well, um, 
Akito, why don't why don't you stay? You can just stay over for the night and continue on your mission in the morning. We we have we could chat and catch up. You see him like really struggling, one hand kind of on the doorknob. And at last he kind of sighs and says, The mission comes first, Nami. Right. And he opens the door. Hey, uh, sometimes I go to the support group. If you ever need to find me, that's a good place to look. Okay. All right. It was good seeing you. Good seeing you, too. And he he walks away. Yeah, and I think Nami kind of just sinks down onto the bed and just sits there for a long time. Kelly. I think where we start here and like the the where where we're about to like the you know z- zone back in on is the cryptid breaking into the police station in the city. So last time you did this it went really extremely terribly wrong and yes. Kelly almost died. Yes. I'm curious how like what is the shot we see of Kelly as he's preparing to go inside? Is he nervous? Is he like self-assured? Like what, no, he's what like is, confident what do we see? now because he's got okay. he's got Butch. He's like, mm, yeah. he's like I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can do this kind of stuff now. Does Butch even like show up here for a second, just like as a as a shadow cast yeah. by I, a street I think light? What we, yeah, I think what we do is like the cryptid like steps into a position where you, like where you can just very lightly like edge lit by like a street lamp like bounce off of a a building or something just barely Mm -hmm. like visible and then uh steps forward and suddenly like we see the cryptid's shadow and it has like a face but then you look down on the ground and you see the cryptid's actual shadow yeah and i think that shadow you know just kind of gives you a little nod just just the barest nod and you make your way towards the city police station We've seen a little bit of the city police station because Nami spent, well, not very long there. (laughs) Yeah. From the outside, the city police station is an architectural, like, novelty in the city. It is uh, pretty interesting looking. They took over this building. This was an older building that was not intended to be a police station. But at some point, it was, like, had gone up for sale, had gone out of business or whatever, and the city bought it and refurbished it and turned it into the new police station. It is a two-story building with some like stone facades on the outside and this big chain-link fenced lot where all of the you know police cruisers and SWAT vehicles and things like that are kind of kept. So I am imagining that this is at night? Yes. Okay, yeah. So how is Kelly going about getting in here? I'm going to climb the outside of the building. Okay, sick. Let's have you roll, because this feels like a burglary to me. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. It re- This is maybe the most burglary anything has ever felt like this season so far. Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky that I got that plus three now, because I rolled a four. Oh shit. So that ends up being seven. On a seven to nine, pick two. You get in undetected, you get out undetected, you don't leave a mess, and you find what you were after. So I would like to, oh my God, oh no. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I would like to, this is hilarious. (laughs) I would like to get out undetected 
and find okay. what I'm looking for. Okay, so that means you do not get in undetected. And I leave a mess. Yeah, you and you leave a mess. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you bluster in and sneak out with the thing you were there for, and they're still looking for you, maybe. <laughs> we'll see what happens. The thing we see is, Kelly, where, where do you slip in here? You climb the roof. You know, we, we see you scale the side of this building up to the roof. Is there a little, like, skylight? Like, where, where do you go in through? Yeah, I think... Not a skylight necessarily. I think. Well, well, yeah. Actually, those you know those like the skylight like windows that are on top of certain buildings, where it's like sort of in like a trapezoid shape, and then mm-hmm. like the the windows like hinge up from right. there. You know, the kind classic, of classic like heist movie stuff where you're yes. like looking down into the place you're trying to. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Great. And you softly open one of the you know pick the lock that I'm sure is on one of them, softly mm-hmm. lift it open. How do you get down from there? Do you just jump? No, Kelly's got like some kind of like grappling hook thing, you know? Love it. Just, just like hooked up top and then like yeah. ropes down. Yeah, quickly, you know, this black rope kind of like you you lower it from a coil down through the skylight and then quickly descend it. And the camera sees all of this through some grainy black and white security footage that has a little, you know, like pulsing red live icon in the corner. And the camera begins to follow you as you move through the darkness of the station. If you're if you're okay with this, I think Kelly would know there are cameras here. Totally. And and I almost like I know this is a role like I kind of didn't fully succeed on, but if you're okay with me making this a narrative thing. I think Kelly gets down on the ground, stops for a second, and then like looks up at the camera and waves. I like that a lot. And then moves forward like with the with the camera. Like this is like Kelly has been here before, like the cryptid as yeah, the cryptid. Yeah, yeah. And the police are after the cryptid and now like with Nami's, you know, information and stuff like that are in a position where they feel like they are closer than ever to getting the cryptid. And yep. I, like as much as part of this is for information and for getting the thing that Kelly wants, this to me is is almost more over being like, all right, come get me. Yeah. Let's see it. Yeah. I think the image we see is like the cryptid turning and like waving to the camera and and just like flash forward a couple of days, that image is like put is like on billboards and it's on like the like, Bigfoot picture. Know, it's like the Bigfoot picture. <laughs> but it's in a on police like headquarters. Little, little street uh like have you seen this person signs that are kind of on light posts and stuff like that. It is being disseminated amongst the city police as like this is the cryptid, this is the person to look out for. Damn. I don't think they had a good picture of you before this. I used to draw, Sam. I used to, like, I, that was like one of the, my first loves was like I mm-hmm. drew all the time. And like, this is fun. It's making me want to make fan art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope somebody, hey, hey, I, hey, everybody listening out there, <laughs> maybe just make some fan art of this. That would be sick. So yeah, you, you turn and wave to the camera and the camera begins to track you. Where are you going? I'm I'm going to like their their interrogation archives, like basically okay. I'm looking for footage of them interrogating Ace, because I because I have reason to believe just based on my knowledge of the police force, like the people who were involved in bringing in Ace and like everything that mm-hmm. that they probably didn't do things as right as they should have, and mm-hmm. there might be like Kelly is looking for a legal loophole. 
to not necessarily free Ace because like that wouldn't happen, but like something that would stall the process so that Ace isn't like immediately like imprisoned or, or stuff like that. Something that could be yeah. like, like you don't have evidence and you know what, like one of your police officers did this thing or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. They, you know, that kind of thing. So Kelly, you make it into the, like their archives. I think they're a little bit less, like the evidence lockup is definitely much more protected. Maybe you pass it as you're like making your way down the hall. And we see like a big lock and like a, you know, fully like it's four security cameras, all kind of like doing pans of that area. And you just walk right past it and head for the archives, which have a much smaller lock on the door. It's easy. You pick it open, no problem. Make your way inside. And I just imagine this this shot of like Kelly, like rifling through all of the recent interview recordings and just tossing the ones that aren't aces to the ground. Just like just like tossing them, you know, everywhere down here, cracking the little cassettes or the little thumb drives or the little CDs that they're on as as you go. And eventually you find, I mean, I think this is quick. Like, I think Kelly knows that he needs to get in and get out yeah. because he doesn't want another situation. Even with Butch, it's better to not have killed a cop yeah. in sure. the pursuit of getting away. <laughs> Cause that just means more cops are going to be, are going to come after you. Uh, you're going to be a higher priority. So yeah, so you find this file. I think it is a, an audio recording. I think it's on like a like a little CD or a DVD or something. And there's a little TV sitting in here for exactly this purpose. And you pop it into the little DVD player and begin to fast forward through it. And this is where I need another role from you. Because you have found what you're looking for. You have found the interview thing from Ace. Yeah, yeah. But you still need to find evidence of them fucking something up. Yeah, I need to scrub through it. I, I think also what I do is like I take the chair that's in that room that's probably like set up in front of the TV or whatever. Mm -hmm, I take it mm -hmm. and I like prop it up under the door handle to yeah. like to stop anybody from being able to get in. Right. And I I go over and you you what kind of role do you want? What are you looking for? Like some kind of sharp? This is definitely a sharp role. I feel like it's investigative mystery. Sure. Yeah. 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 I can do that. Okay. Dang. I mean, like I have this great bonus, and I mean, I got a nine. I just want to. I guess the general question will be like, because Kelly has a hunch, you know, mm -hmm. that that one of the police officers involved. So I guess in this moment is like. Did they do something wrong? Yeah, I think you find something. It's little. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not going to break the case wide open. It's not going to exonerate Ace. They are still going to come after them. But I think what you find is that they delayed Ace being able to call Almos. You find evidence of them talking to Ace in the interrogation room and Ace asking for their lawyer. And then being like, oh, yes, we've called your lawyer. Like, they're on their way. And then you also find footage from that hallway where it becomes clear that when they said they were going to call Almos, they simply just walked out of the room and talked amongst themselves. And you can't hear what they're saying because the hallway footage does not have audio. Yeah. But you can tell that they were not calling anyone. So what they did was basically you know, extend the amount of time that Ace was in here and extend the amount of time that Ace was without a lawyer after they were requesting a lawyer. 
And I think in the interrogation, I think you hear them just trying all kinds of different tacks to get Ace to say something. And Ace eventually, after after a while, just says like, look, I, I didn't do this. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I didn't, I know there, I, I was I was bloody and there was blood at the scene and whatever, but I didn't do this. I wouldn't do anything to Kennedy. And you see in the footage, I think it's it's from the back of Ace looking towards the police officers, and you just see them smile just a little bit, just a little, just a little smirk. Because they know now they have something to disprove. And that is when they leave to go call Almos. Mm-hmm. That's what you find. It, like I said, it's this is not going to bring this this case down, but it definitely is improper. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to take that. Great. And can I give that to Almos? Yeah, absolutely. It's like a drop off. Like mm-hmm. Almos works for a big law office and they definitely have some sort of like tip line or like something like that, that you can be like, hey, I left this like outside your front door and here's what it is. And they will grab it. Cool. And I do just that. Like, and cool. and it's as the cryptid and Kelly wants Almos, Almos to know it was the cryptid who did it. Mm-hmm. Love it. At this point, like, I feel like if some if someone was watching the security cams or whatever, they would be up to speed about at this point, because this, mm-hmm. this probably takes a little bit of time. Right. Just a little to scrub through this and like find what I'm looking for, that kind of thing. And I, I even think there's a moment where when Kelly was going through looking for the ace stuff, found the one with Nami. Mm hmm. And like there was like a moment, a moment where Kelly was like, I should just take that one, too. Yeah. But being the cryptid, like breaking in and, you know, knowing that Nami had aligned with the cryptid in some way, I there's like a moment of clarity where where Kelly's just like, if I take that, that's also really suspicious. Like that's mm-hmm. like I, I can't I can't. So it's like hand on it and then just like leave it. And it's like, no. Yeah. So question, are these ceilings, are they perhaps like those like drop ceilings? I was going to say, yes, they are. Okay. So when I was in high school, uh, my my high school had some like ceilings like this and I would sometimes crawl up inside of them. Mm -hmm. And I always had this thought of if I crawled up inside of there and like, you know, just stayed there for Mm -hmm. a, a really long time then like the school shut down or whatever. And then I could come out at night and then I'd get to be in the school at night. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I did that ever, but mm-hmm. it does work. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It does work. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. It would work. It would work, work. Mm-hmm. It it would work, work think, if yeah. someone did. <laughs> so the getting out undetected of this like burglary mm-hmm. and like getting, getting what I want. It, it is literally not getting out. It is as the cryptid, like now, like hold up in this room or whatever. Security cams aren't going to see like Kelly, like the cryptid, like leaving or anything. It's like Mm -hmm. removes the chair from the door so that people can get in Mm -hmm. and then just like props up the ceiling and like goes up into like the deepest corner, like crawling up through the piping and stuff like that. Like, you know, puts that tile back and now like for a a day like for as long as as necessary like kelly just waits up there Mm -hmm. and waits up there until i mean like until essentially they've like 
taped off the entire building and they're like looking and they're and they're like oh like we don't have security cam footage of them leaving or like anything like that mm-hmm. i picture like right away they would be scouring the building but if like you wait long enough they're like we gotta go find this dude you know and so like there's almost no police in here and then like at a moment you know where they're as soon as someone like leaves this room again or whatever like and i'm saying like i mean like eight nine ten hours later yeah drops back down out and just in the cryptid costume opens the door and just like waltz waltzes out yeah and i think we just see the little shadow butch giving you a small like golf clap (laughs) as you waltz away rabbit it has been a while the first time you wake up it is daytime and one of your moms is sitting in a, a chair beside your bed and she seeing you wake up she kind of walks over to you and removes a, a rag that had been sitting on your forehead hey how are you feeling what's the middle of warm and cold what's the middle um uh what's the it's middle like, of warm um, and cold I'm like floating, mom. Floating. Am I in a, am I one here? Am I, um, how am I holding up? Good, good. You're a sage right now. So. Okay. And you've been, we've seen, we've seen barley. We've seen sage. We saw the jackalope at one point. We've seen rabbit a few times. Cold said you were helping her with something and there was an accident. Do you remember anything? Did you do whatever she asked you to do? Um, and Rabbit kind of like tries to sit up a little bit. Um, some of the things, not everything. I, no, I, there's a lot of guilt in me right now, mom. I definitely left some stuff undone. I, how, how, how long have I, have I have I been been here? As he's like kind of like trying to sit up and look around, like get his bearings in his room. As soon as you try to sit up, the energy just sinks out of you and you fall again back into blackness. And then the next time you wake up, uh, the next time you open your eyes, Colt is sitting in the chair and she uh, taps out a, a cigarette, kind of grinds the end of it into a little uh, ashtray and says, excellent, you're awake, rabbit. I'm sorry. You have nothing to apologize for. That's not true. I, I'm sure I do. I, everything went so wrong, cold. I, I feel like I should have stayed out of it. I feel like I should have trusted you. I, I don't know, cold. Is everything okay? Is everyone okay after all of that? Were you hurt? I... Everything will be fine, Rabbit. I've made sure of that. Yeah. I'm just sorry I didn't trust you more. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what came over me cold. I just... I felt like I had to do something, and I feel like I made things worse somehow. Cold reaches over and, and kind of like rubs the back of your hand with her thumb. You've done exactly right, Rabbit. You've done exactly right. Rabbit's going to try to open his eyes to look at her as she's saying this. Yeah, it is in fact her as you open your eyes. Wait, really quick. And you, you're you sage right now, right? 
Maybe I haven't actually. I mean, that was. We don't know. We last don't know. I was conscious. I was right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, rabbit could be in any form at this point. I'm going to be making some changes, rabbit, to how you and I interact. Well, I I don't want too much to change. I, I, I what do you what do you mean? Seeing you with your friends, I realized that we needed an excuse for you and I to know each other. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm beginning a mentorship program. Uh Uh-huh. And you are going to be one of the applicants. How, how, How many applicants are you accepting or how many are you choosing from the applicants? Five to six. The board hasn't decided yet. Wait, 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 why? I, wait, what, I, do we, we don't have to do that though. No, we can, it can, we can just, you can just keep teaching me. I can just come home more often. We don't need, I can do this. We don't I will continue to teach you, Rabbit, but I will continue to teach you under the guise of my mentorship. You will be the one that I am really mentoring. Rabbit like meets her eyes at that point. After all, you could stand to learn a little diplomacy. <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah, that is one thing I'm practiced in and still pretty bad at, I guess. I'm situational, though. In addition, during our weekly mentorship meetings, I would like you to tell me everything that you hear from your friends Nami and the cryptid. Everything? I mean, that's that's a little excessive. They're not so important. They're just I just kind of dragged them along, you know, for that that one little mission I took on myself. We don't need to pull them into this cold. This is just this is just a me thing. They have seen the two of us together now, Rabbit. They understand that we have some sort of relationship. My mentorship program will give us cover in order to continue your training. However, if they are going to be close to you, then they are going to be close to the family. And that means I need to understand how they think. That makes sense. Um, what does the rest of the family think about this? There was unanimous consent. How are you feeling? That's a good question. Can you stand? Rabbit had not considered since hearing Cold's voice. He had not yet thought, how am I feeling? So now he's kind of tapping into that. How is Rabbit feeling? He's going to like try to like sit up again, maybe swing his legs over to like sit up on the edge of the bed, see if he can support himself. You swing your legs over and and it is just like all at once you feel yourself just like go down. We've discussed that Rabbit doesn't dream, right? I think so. I think that came up in like episode one or two. Yeah. So it's interesting then, Rabbit, that in these moments between consciousness you are seeing things. You're seeing echoes of those things that we saw at the very end of last session. Faint glimmers of that bright, white, red hot light and faint glimmers of that car ride to Norfolk. When you wake again, a different one of your moms is here. Tissy now is here. I was was imagining Alec earlier for Mm -hmm. anyone tracking. It's nighttime outside. It's raining. And she says, oh, you're awake. Uh, excellent. Okay. Uh, okay. Mom, well, you told a really, really, really funny joke, and I wish I could remember because I know you'd really like it. I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would. So, 
How are you feeling, Rabbit? I'm feeling, um... Am I Rabbit right now? He, he like, tries to like, reach up and feel his horns. You reach your two hands up and you realize they are paws oh. because you are currently in the jackalope form. <laughs> feeling hoppy, mom. Do you want to describe what the jackalope form looks yeah, like? Yeah, this is our first time seeing the jackalope. So yeah, the jackalope is basically a slightly large white hare that is like... With like antlers. Well, yeah, exactly, with antlers. Like if you picture a jackalope like from common lore, that's basically what we're doing here. But the antlers themselves are kind of a bright glowing blue. Mm-hmm. And there's this like faint... Though the rabbit, the rabbit is like uh, whiter than white, like just like a little bit like effervescent almost mm-hmm. and like not glowing, but like when you look at it, like looks a little bit out of place. Like it's being hit by light that isn't there kind of. Right, right. And so I think at this point, like he's like kind of curled up in that like, you know, circle shape that small animals do to maintain their warmth. Mm-hmm. And then he um, reached his paws and was just kind of like, yeah, flexing them in front of his face. And now he's just kind of going to start like licking his feet a little bit and clean them. You're feeling a lot better. Like you are, you are actively feeling much better. And your mom kind of leans forward and she says, um, honey, I don't, I don't want to rush you, but you've been in and out for about two weeks now. Oh my God. Wait, uh, wait. Um, uh, and the jackal like puts a paw on TC's arm. Are, are my, my friends okay? Have oh, they're fine. They're fine. Uh, Nami got, I believe she was sentenced to community service. Oh God. Okay. That ended better than it started. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Kelly, well, I haven't seen much of Kelly. They've called for you a few times. Nami has too, by the way. Every, everyone is checking in. We've been telling them that you have, have been a little under the Distant. weather. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have, mom, I have been of the weather. Well, I, I made you, they're a little uh, old now, but I did make tuna fish sandwiches. Oh, yeah, I, if I, you I want. probably would like that. Okay. It is a little weird eating meat as the jackalope, so maybe I want to try to... Sure, we can start with some uh, veggies. Do you think I can... Yeah, maybe just let me power up on some lettuce or something, and then I'll work my way up. And I feel like sh- shifting right now might be... Just thinking about it, I get a little woozy, to be honest, Mom. Yeah, Mom. no, of course. And she stands up and starts to walk towards the door and then, like, pauses and hesitates and says... And uh, Cold asked me to ask you next time you woke up if you felt up to um, going down to the community college. Oh, for, for my lessons? Uh, no, for... Um, oh, oh, right, right, right. For corn. Um, for corn. Let me... Could you actually just bring me, like, do we have a cucumber in the house? Of course, yeah. Just, like, let me just, like, get a cucumber in me, and then I'll see if I can change, and we'll go from there. I, if if my body can handle it, I'm ready. Yeah. So, let's collapse this a little bit. Is Rabbit ready, or do they spend longer recovering? I think that the first time they do, like, consciously transform like change their their appearance they do successfully become corn and kind of like crack a wry smile and then collapse on the floor right there so i think i think that is they're going to take a little bit more healing just as they've pushed their body a little bit past what it's ready for at this point yeah and your moms now that you're conscious begin to with your consent like channel magic into you which Mm -hmm. allows you to kind of like like feel even better. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like it's kind of like caffeine. 
like it kind of allows you to keep going for for longer but then yeah. you do you do crash without it yeah. like it basically allows you to get back to 100% for a little while and then you slide back a little bit without it yeah i think i want to add to that too that it is like i think he's remaining conscious pretty much he's maybe getting like like a little bit more days and stuff but i think what he's losing is control over his form mm-hmm. so it's like once he holds that corn he has it for a second then he kind of like melts back into like hybrid jackalope sage or something for a moment he's kelly for a minute i think that's happening and his moms are especially helping him maintain his shape but Mm -hmm. once he gets like too far away from them or too much time has passed then he kind of loses that again so he's sort of i think he's at the point now where he's like no longer resting to recover he is like stretching and rebuilding the muscles so to speak yeah he's in that phase of the healing yeah makes sense i think it's another week i think it's three weeks for this to fully like for you to feel up to doing this. But finally, at long last, you are standing out front of the community college. You've taken the bus in. The community college is a, is a large uh, set of buildings set on this sort of hilly, grassy campus. I think it's like four or five different buildings, maybe two to three stories a piece. There's a you know big gate out front. There's kind of a people you see sitting under trees. Um, You are all still feeling the heat of the summer. I think it is still enough that like most people are dressed in short sleeves and shorts. So you see a couple of people, you know, like reading under a tree or like walking back and forth amongst the buildings as you prepare yourself to go inside. What's going through Rabbit's head right now? So Rabbit has kind of thought a lot about how to handle this how like from all the angles like what is most likely to be believed what is a likely story what is Mm going to cast the most doubt or like the least doubt what do i feel i could personally like back up without having to give detail that you know what 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 is the lie here how much do i have to lie Mm -hmm. and in that i think he's also been wanting to like and probably as he's been spending the week recovering also like studying things like refreshing himself on like the details of corn's life a little bit Mm -hmm. What, what was corn teaching here first of all Korn was teaching palmology, which is the science of growing fruit. She was part of a horticultural studies program that the City College offers. Okay. I think that Rabbit is going to walk into the administrative building with a a big old... Well, wait. Before you do this, let's make a roll. Oh, yeah. Because you are becoming a person that is not one of your appearances. (sighs) That's true. Let's do that before I decide how I'm going to... Maybe I'll handle this differently if Mm -hmm. I... So, okay. So, yeah, the, the move we're specifically using here is from the Shape Changer playbook, which is one that Sam made in conversation with me. I rolled a five plus two for seven. I'm using the move Unstable Form. When you try to become a form other than your appearances, roll plus cool. On a 10 plus, you can maintain the form for up to 48 hours, but pick one option from the seven to nine list for they're all me, the rest are false. After 48 hours, you'll need to revert to one of your appearances and rest no matter what. On a seven to nine, you have minutes or seconds in this form. Make them count. On a miss, you're not who you intended to be. The keeper will tell you who you are and for how long, up to 48 hours. So I've ended up with a 7 plus 1 for cool, which is going to make it an 8. So I'm on a 7 to 9. Okay. You have 10 minutes. Okay. What do you do? Then I think Rabbit's going to go to the Dean, or or Corn is going to go to the Dean. 
Okay. You walk into the the building. I mean, it's pretty clear which building is the administration building. There's like some sign out front and whatever. You walk inside. There's a secretary who kind of like like does like a double take as you walk in and like waves to you and says, "Oh, Neve. Hey, you've missed like a lot of classes. Are you? We've we've tried calling, but they said you were ill. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been feeling well. I." I'm so sorry. Is the dean in? I kind of want to just kind of jump to the top here. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. And she goes in. No, no, no disrespect. I just, um, sorry, I got a lot on my head right now. Um, of course, of course. And she knocks on the door and, like, cracks it open. You, there's this muffled conversation. And she says, he's got some time right now. Go go on in. Yeah, I think, like, already moving towards the door as soon as it's cracked open, like, kind mm-hmm. of ready to blow past a little bit. Yeah. The dean of the city college is this larger black man. His name is Kamal Kiskaden, and he says, "Neve, uh, it's good to it's good to see you again. I'm glad to hear that you are recovered." Kamal, I'm going to be frank with you. I um, have had a wonderful three weeks, and I do not want them to end. I, oh. I value my time here. I, I I want to help as much as I can, but I um, and like a, a big kind of like smile comes out of the side and then takes over the whole face. I um. Kamal, I've met someone. <laughs> I had to spend some time away from the city for a while, from Norfolk, just to, um... I don't want to get into detail, but I've had a, a bit of a change in my life, and I think I want to follow this. I don't suppose there's any chance of, like, very, very occasional online coursework, because I, if I'm being honest, for the time being, I think that's all I'm going to be able to promise you. I, I don't know how long, but I'm, I think I need to go take some, some time for myself pretty, pretty far away from, from here. I think this is a manipulate someone role. Yeah, cool. I love that the lie up to this point was that, like, Neve was really sick. And yeah. then it's like, no, that was all, that was all a lie. It was, that was that a lie. That was a lie. I yeah. actually met someone. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Yeah. So I have a plus one for charm. Hey, ho, ho! I got a six and a three is nine. Plus Dang. one makes it a ten for manipulate someone. Okay. And I think that, um, like, for what it's worth, I am looking at the dean, at, at the dean as, like, somebody who um, might see, like, uh, camaraderie with, with Corn here and might, like, you know, kind of coming like, listen, I am, I am a person who has fallen in love and I am telling you what I need right now. I know you're my boss, but maybe you're also my friend. Kamal lets out a sigh and says, to be honest, the whole thing, the whole being sick for three weeks thing, I thought was kind of, I thought there might be yeah. more to it. And it's not like we don't have to work sick here sometimes, you know? I, yeah. yeah. I, I, hey, I, I, I'm happy for you, Neef. I, I, I really am. Yeah. You got any ideas on a, on a substitute? Um, we we got to finish the year with somebody, so you know. Right, right. You're I, you're um, good, but uh, if you could if you could find someone to to replace you as you head out, you know that that would really, to be honest, it would save me a lot of a lot yeah. of a lot of heartache losing you. I might know someone. She's a little young. And would would take some maybe some training, but I think that she could probably finish out if I if I teach her my coursework. You know, I she might be able sure, to yeah. it through. Ha, you know, send me her resume, cool. and you know we can go from there. Neve, it's been such a pleasure teaching with you these these last couple of years. I, I think you really you know you really made a difference uh, in this in this student body uh, as as these kids are graduating, and uh, you know I. I I appreciate you. I'm really happy to hear that uh, that you're okay. That you found somebody. That's that's good to hear. I was always a little worried about you. Oh, well, 
That that means a lot, Kamal. I can I have a hug before I go, since uh, maybe it's not odd now. Just a friendly. Yeah, hug. come. I here. don't know when I'll see you and again. He, he stands up and wraps you in a big hug. In, in this hug, Rabbit kind of goes goes within and sort of puts himself in Kamal's shoes and takes this hug from the other side and as much as he can, lets himself let go of Corn. I think that's it. I think we see you walking out just in time for your transformation to start, you know, fading away. And as you are walking out, I need you to roll me an act under pressure. Alrighty. That's also going to be plus cool. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a five plus three for eight plus one is nine. Nine. Okay. Just as you exit campus, as you're passing an alley, someone lunges out of the shadows and tries to grab you. Here's the hard choice. You can get away from them, but you'll go back to being unstable and you'll need another week of recovery in bed to keep control of your form. They're basically reopening your wounds. And this is as I'm like changing back. Mm-hmm. God. Um, I'm going to go with them. Okay. They pull you back behind this building around a corner where no one else can see, and you turn around to see someone. (laughs) They're dressed in a costume, but it's not the cryptid, even though it does have some similarities. The costume has a sort of low-res digital face mask with two large pixelated circles for eyes. It stretches from their chin to the top of their forehead, and it's attached to what is essentially a black balaclava that covers the rest of their head. They're wearing a thick black turtleneck that covers their neck up to where the mask takes over, long black leather gloves with metal caps on the knuckles, and black pants that look to almost be made out of like a denser yoga pant material. Let me go. I don't know you. But I know you. You don't. Who are you? I do. You became Kelly Aberdeen on your way into the Aruna household. I'm going to try to take off their helmet like while like just like so fast, just kind of like I'm going in like I'm talking to you and they're probably not expecting me to like be this like uh, physically forward. I'm just going to try to like reach forward and pull off the helmet really fast. Roll me act under pressure. Cool. <laughs> a six and a five. Eleven plus one is twelve. Oh, my God. (laughs) You reach up and pull their helmet off, and there is a person standing in front of you. (laughs) Well, now we both know each other. I don't recognize them still. Uh, You do not recognize them still. They are a white man in their early 20s with short blonde hair and kind of a, like, cracked smile. They look deeply, deeply uncomfortable to have had their face mask removed. Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, uh... I okay, give me that. For sure. He puts it back on, like like as soon as he's seen their face. It goes back on and says <laughs> That was unexpected. So was being uh pulled into an alley by the arm and someone saying I know you and telling me details about myself. I just wanted to even the playing field. Do you want something with me? I want you to put me in touch with the cryptid. I can't do that. Why? That's that's not in my power to do. I think that it is. Rabbit kind of crosses his arms. Why would you think that? Because I think Kelly Aberdeen and the cryptid are the same person. (laughs) Oh. Um. I mean, no. Um. I I guess I could put you in touch with Kelly and Kelly could tell you the same thing. Um. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. What's your name? 
they they kind of straighten their shoulders and they say I'm the Mothman cool well maybe I'll be seeing around Mothman do you think you seem like somebody who values privacy and secrecy a little bit yes I can accept that I maybe you know some things about me I can tell you some of the things you seem to think you know are not true but clearly you you know me somewhat right I don't really like that so if you could keep that to yourself I'd like it a little bit more for what that's worth and just remember I know you too tell the cryptid to get in touch please and with that I think the two of you go your separate ways you back out of the alley and they disappear around a corner yeah, and Rabbit, like, maintains this pretty, like, cool composure and, like, kind of sense of at least internal control of the situation and then backs around the corner and then immediately just like, kind of collapses down and starts dialing the phone. And the next thing you just hear is just, Mom? Mom, I think yeah. I need help. Oh, okay. Uh, where I'm are you? I'm going to come home right now, okay? Okay, um, okay. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll be there soon. Just, we'll see um, you soon. Okay. Anyone who's around, just bring them there, please. Okay. All right. Honey, whatever it is, I'm sure Miss Cold can help. And he, he hangs up and, and dashes for his bike. Kelly, tell me what the cryptid is out doing. I mean, at the at this point, the cryptid is out in the city and I think is like taking a break from the Jimmy Domel like detective stuff right now to keep an eye on Carmichael. Basically, just like perched up on a on a building waiting for Carmichael to come out of Volcanic. Okay, it's late, very late by the time you see Carmichael come out. He stops for just a moment to smile at the people that are still in line, and then his security ushers him swiftly to a black SUV that's waiting by the curb. The SUV pulls away from the club and begins to wind its way through the city streets. Kelly's just going to be like hopping from building to building trying to keep up. You know, they have to stop at stoplights and stuff, gives time for him to catch up, that kind of thing. Roll me act under pressure. Let's see if you keep up. See, like, uh, I'm, like, navigating this, like, zone of, like, oh, I want Kelly to feel really badass, you know? I got a four. <laughs> a four. Okay, okay. Here's what I'll say. Kelly, you made a misstep here. You'd been following the SUV for a while, hopping from building to fire escape to window ledge to roof, steadily climbing in height just slowly enough that you missed it. And now you find yourself balanced on the lip of a particularly tall building. The next closest jump is at least five stories down. And beside you, just in your peripheral vision, you see Butch pull himself from the shadows. He walks past you, peering over the edge, and then looks up to where the light holding up the SUV has just turned green. And he says, Do you want my help? Yeah, of course. Okay, jump. Just jump. Just jump. You gotta trust me if this is gonna work. Yeah, Kelly takes like a step, like a, like a tiny little like skitter step forward. Like maybe knocks a little bit of debris off the edge of the building, looks down, and like bends the knees to jump and stumbles back and just falls on the ground on on top of this roof. Butch steps forward, looming over you now, blocking out the light of the moon. 
And in this moment, for just a second, Kelly, it's like Carmichael himself is standing over you, grinning, like he's won. And Butch says, Is that the best you've got? And offers you a hand. And as soon as you take it, Butch wrenches your arm forward, hurling you off the side of the building. You're too high up, 50, maybe 60 feet. If you hit the ground right now, that's it. It's fatal. You're flailing, fighting, panicked as you try to think of a way to avoid hitting the ground. And right at the last moment, these shadowy discs emerge from your arms like ungodly wings, and you drift lightly to the ground. From an alley just a few feet away, Butch steps out of the shadows. I said you have to trust me for this to work. Can we trust each other? And Kelly nods. All right, then. We have work to do. 